Let's give the Lord a hand. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Please go ahead and be seated in the Lord's presence. Hallelujah. Amen. Thank you so much for being here in person. And thank you so much for joining us online. Those of us that are virtual, we truly appreciate your partaking with us of the goodness of the Lord. We're really excited to always have that opportunity to share um, the goodness of the Lord with the world. Amen. God is so good and he's so faithful. Like Pastor Tinu said, make sure you are enjoying your summer. Amen. Amen. Have fun this summer. Amen. Amen. I've made up my mind, no matter what, I will have fun this summer. This is a, a summer of fun. Glory to God. Hallelujah. And we're doing it. Amen. All right. Let's, um, I want us to um, share a little word, a brief word, and then I want us to take communion. It's 12.06, so I will not keep you too long. In Hebrews 11, from verse 1, uh, faith for extraordinary living. Just one or two things that are very strong in my spirit this morning. I won't go through all these notes. I know uh, <clears throat> two major things that I would like to say to us before we go around the communion um, table. So uh, let's get to it. Hebrews chapter 11 from verse 1. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. For by faith, the elders obtained a good report. Through faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God. So that the things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. By faith, Abel offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain by which he obtained witness that he was righteous, God testifying of his gifts, and by it he being dead yet speaketh. By faith Enoch was translated that he should not see death, and he was not found, because God had translated him. For before his translation, he had this testimony that he pleased God. But without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he that comes to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. By faith, Noah, being warned of God of things not seen as yet, moved with fear, prepared an act to the saving of his house, by the which he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness which is by faith. Verse 8. By faith, Abraham, when he was called to go out into a place that he should after receive for an inheritance, obeyed. And he went out not knowing where he went. By faith, he sojourned in the land of promise, as in a strange country, dwelling in tabernacles with Isaac and Jacob, the heirs with him of the same promise. For he looked for a city which has foundations, whose builder and maker is God himself. Through faith also, Sarah herself received strength to conceive seed. And she was delivered of a child when she was past age. Because she judged him faithful who had promised. Therefore sprang there even of one and him as good as dead. So many as the stars of the sky in multitude. And as the sand which is by the seashore innumerable. Hallelujah. I pray for us today specifically as we look at a few things in the word of God that our eyes of faith will become open. We have two sets of eyes. God gave us two sets of eyes. 
we have natural eyes and we have eyes of faith that are spiritual eyes. Everything begins from what you can see. What you see determines what you say. And what you say determines what you have. I want you to look at that scripture right there in uh, verse, verse 3 and 4. Uh, especially verse 3 actually. It says, through faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God. So that things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. Watch this. The worlds were framed by the word of God. The worlds, plural, were framed by the word, singular, of God. So that the things which are seen naturally... The things that the natural eyes can see were not made of things which do appear. You are a sum product of your faith walk. The faith life that you live will determine your tomorrow. The faith life you live today will determine your tomorrow. You are a sum product today of your life of faith or life of the spirit yesterday. Everything going on in your life today, listen, everything going on in your life today is a product of your work of faith or your work of the spirit leading up to now. I can tell you just by looking at what you are doing today, I can tell you what your tomorrow will be like. I can tell you. Just looking at what you are doing today. I don't need to go home with you. I don't need to, I just need to look at what you are doing today. And if today you are living a life of faith. If today you are living a life of the spirit. If today your eyes of faith are fully functional. My friends, I can guarantee you that tomorrow you'll be moving mountains. I can assure you. But if I look at you today and I see that your eyes of faith are blind. And I see that you are mostly, mostly directed and ruled by your eyes, the eyes of your natural life. I can guarantee you tomorrow. You'll be neck deep in the valleys of life. And there's no question about it. Life is not a mystery at all. I told you that I understand there are two men that have lots of notes, but, you know, I want to, you know, respect your time and close early and have, go around our covenant table. So I know, God bless you, I know there are two major things that I really want to pinpoint to you in this service. Hallelujah. Just two. The first one is something that we usually don't pay attention to. Most people relate with the work of faith as a grandiose event. Most people relate with the work of faith as a grandiose event. Like people think the work of faith um, is when we need something big to happen. That's the way most people relate with the work of faith. Most people relate with the work of faith like if we need a miracle or if we need God to do something big that we can't do by ourselves or if there is some huge thing that we desire and right now we must have it, we need the work of faith. That's the way most people relate with the work of faith. And when we do that, that's because most of the time, our eyes of faith are actually blind, but our natural eyes are fully functional all the time. And they rule our lives. But actually, the life of faith 
is really a day-to-day lifestyle. This is, this is something I want to register in your spirit today. I know many of you know it, but, but pardon me as I, as I repeat it to you and preach something that you already know. I want this to register to you today. Your life of faith is determined by what you do every single day. Whether you need a miracle or you don't, whether you are looking for a breakthrough or you are not, whether you need a mountain to move or you don't, your life of faith, what happens in your future is determined by the lifestyle of faith that you have today. Faith is really a lifestyle. Faith is not a grand event. It's not a grandiose. It's not something we do when we need something. No. Faith is a day-to-day lifestyle. That's why he says, through faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God so that Things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. I want to explain that a little bit. Your walls were framed. God's walls were framed by the word of God. And the things that are seen were not made of things which do appear. Meaning... What you have in your life today, if you have joy in your life today, this joy is not a product of things that can be seen with the natural eyes. If you have peace in your life today, this peace is not a product of things that can be seen with the natural eyes. Whatever breakthroughs and blessings and benefits you have in your life, they are not a product of things that can be seen with the natural eye. So what are they a product of? They are a product of what you see with your eyes of faith and what you say with your words of faith. The things you see in your life today are a product of what you have seen yesterday and years leading to yesterday and what you have said yesterday and years leading to yesterday. Notice, you have eyes, natural eyes. God gave you natural eyes, but God also gave you eyes of faith. I want you, I'm just going to skip over this scripture. Just, just go there real quickly so I can move on. Please put up for us 2 Corinthians chapter 5 verse 7. It's a very simple line. It's one of the shortest scriptures in the Bible. The one line scripture, for we walk by faith and not by sight. For we walk by faith, not by by sight. What does this scripture mean? In a minute we'll read the amplified version. But what does this scripture mean? This scripture means faith must be a lifestyle. We walk. You walk every day. Amen. You walk every day. You get up the first thing you do on from you get up from your bed to go anywhere you must walk. You walk every day, for we walk by faith and not by sight. Faith is a lifestyle. It is not an event. For we walk by faith. We walk by faith. Every decision we make every day must be by faith. We don't wait until we need a miracle. And then we suddenly remember there's something called faith. No, we walk by faith every day. We live by faith. We walk by faith. Faith is not a grandiose event. Faith is a day-to-day lifestyle. For we walk by faith. And what you do on a day-to-day will eventually determine what happens when an event comes up in your life. I want you to get that. What you do, how you program yourself 
every day will determine what happens when a major life event happens. Many people want to have, they want to wait, a major life event happens, then they want to grow in faith. Then they want to do wonders of faith. Then they want to call God by faith. Then they want to learn the formulas of faith. It does not work like that, folks. It does not work like that. Faith, like they say, garbage in, garbage out. What you do on a day-to-day will determine what happens when you face major life events. This is very important. This is extremely important. You cannot keep your eyes of faith blinded right through the year. And then suddenly, one day you need a miracle. and say, God, open my eyes of faith. It does not happen like that. What you see, notice, so that the things, the worlds were formed, the worlds that we see were framed by the word of God, so that the things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. What And what you see determines what you say. What you see determines what you say. Lord, help me say this right. (laughs) Hallelujah. Lord, I need your help. I need grace to say this the right way. You cannot take vacation from a life of faith. You can't go on vacation from a life of faith. A life of faith, you must live it every single day. You must see by faith and you must speak by every day. Every day. You must stay tuned in, tuned in. Hallelujah. And how are we going to see by faith if we don't have the word of God? If you only read the word of God on Sundays or on Saturday night, how are you going to see by faith? Because what you see will determine what you say. What you are reading will determine what you are saying. What you are hearing will determine what... That's why the Bible says faith comes by hearing. And hearing by the word of God. This life of faith. Monday morning. As you go to work. Something happens. They bring a a major situation to you at work. Right? You must not say I'm on vacation from faith. I was in faith on Sunday. But this is Monday morning. This is the real world. I'm at work. So today no, no faith. I must deal with no. You can't do that. You can't do that. I don't care what you do, whether you deal with numbers or you deal with human beings or you deal with um, um, uh, machines or you deal with organizations and administration. Whatever you do, you must always have your eyes of faith open. You must engage your eyes of faith all the time. You don't suddenly confront a mountain and believe you can move that mountain when you have been on vacation from faith. It does not happen. It does not happen. What happens when people face emergencies? You see, what do you usually do when you face emergencies? That tells you how you arrived at that place of emergency. What you do before that emergency shows up will determine what you do when that emergency shows up. Put that scripture up for me in the Amplified, please. 2 Corinthians 5 verse 7. Look at what it says. Look at what it says. For we walk by faith. Oh, hallelujah. Glory to God. This, this scripture right here just speaks by, you don't even need a preacher to explain. You don't need a preacher to preach it. This one just preached by itself. Watch this. For we walk by faith. We regulate our lives. We conduct ourselves. By our conviction or belief respecting man's relationship to God and divine things with trust and holy fervor, thus we walk not by sight or by our appearance. We regulate our lives. How you deal with what you deal with on Monday morning 
will ultimately determine what faith can do for you on Friday night. What you do on Wednesday afternoon will ultimately determine. You can't take a break from faith and only turn on the gear of faith when you think something spiritual needs to happen. You can't do that. Your life must be completely every day a life of, a life of faith. You can't put words in your mouth. Words of unbelief. Words of strife. You can't say all these things and say, well, you know, I, right now, right, right now, I just need, I just need to, I just need to be myself. So what were you on Sunday? <laughs> that person we were looking at on Sunday, who was that? See, this is what I'm saying. If you have to switch on and switch off like this, you will never experience God, my friends. You will never experience God. If you have to switch on and switch off, and suddenly remember sometimes, oh, wait, let me keep, you know, if, every, even the mundane things of life, how you are talking to your children. I mean, there's some people say, parents say to their children, you are going to kill me. You are going to kill me. It's not faith. It's not faith. People say in the quietness of their lives. I, I, I'll, nev- I'll never recover from this. Ne- I don't see, I don't see how I'll ever. Is this faith? And then we're making decisions. You have to ask yourself, are your eyes of faith constantly open? Or are they only open on Sunday morning? And you get hypnotized. So you can switch off from your regular life. And for uh, 30 minutes to 2 hours, you can try to live supernatural, live spiritual. And then as soon as you get out, you're back in the, in the parking lot where the devil is waiting for you. Switch right back. You can't do that. This is not. This is folks. Your worlds are framed by the word of God. Your worlds. Everything that will happen tomorrow in your life is being formed today. It's being formed right now. Nothing in life is a mystery. Nothing. See, many times Jesus will minister to all these people, crowds of people, thousands and thousands, and he'll tell them all these stories, and he'll tell we half of the things they didn't even understand. Then he'll call the twelve and say, and then they will ask him questions. Okay, see, so he said, it's unto you. It has been given to understand the mystery. That means that mystery should not really be a mystery if you are close to God. Why did the twelve have access to understanding these mysteries and the thousands did not? Why? Means God really doesn't want you to have mysteries. But you can have these mysteries if you are not close enough. If you are not close enough, life will be a mystery. You keep going, ha, ha, why, how, why? It is not, it's not, life was not designed to be that way. Life was not, hear me church, no life, listen, you are making decisions every single day. Oh Jesus, help me, help me say this right. Some decisions you are making today are actually going to complicate your future. And let me tell you, the easiest way to get it right is if you have had an entangled and a difficult and a, a twisted Life up until now, you just see, okay, this is, this is not being right. And I've not been in faith. I've not been working with God the way I should. And I, my words and my life, my action, my decision. When you arrive at that point where you see it, don't keep on going. And doing the same thing. You need to make a change. The day you make a change is the day your new life starts. Please hear me, church. The day you make a new decision to do something different is the day you have a new future. As long as you keep saying, oh, how, well, you know, how do I change it? How do I, we've gone so far, this, this is, no, that as long, you are going to keep going until you end up in the ditch. The Lord will help me. I've got a couple more minutes to explain this. Let's go and read that scripture in Numbers chapter 13. Hallelujah. I said, hallelujah. Mm-hmm. It's time, folks. It's time to live by faith. I said, it's time to live by faith. 
I mean, sometimes I hear people, I hear the words that come out of people's mouths. Sometimes it's person to person. Sometimes I just hear them saying it, you know. And I go, how can these people be saying this? Sometimes people even give a little disclaimer. Well, God forgive me for what I'm about to say is wrong. They already know it's wrong. <laughs> they already know what they're about to say. But they say, I've got to let it out. Well, the easiest way to not be in a situation where you feel like you have to let it out, don't let it in. That's it. If it's not in, you, you don't need to bring it out. There's no need to let it out if it's not in. But if you let it in, pressure, pressure will bring it out. When people begin to face pressures, listen to what they say. When, when, you, when, when the world tightens the screws on them, listen, listen closely to what they are saying. Hallelujah. Listen, I want you to look at this story. I'll, I'll probably close right here. I'll probably close right here. Everybody in this story saw the same set of facts. The facts of life are presented to every one of us the same way. All of us see the same thing in the natural. All of us see the same thing. However, the interpretation and the response that we have to what we see is determined by our lifestyle of faith or lack thereof. You can't conjure it. You can't just suddenly conjure it. Have you have, I have over the years, people said to, you know, pastor, they say, you know, tithing, you know, when you tithe, you know, there's a blessing and, you know, God was, you know, well, I'm, you know, I tried to tithe for like three months last year, but I didn't see any different. My friend, <laughs> <laughs> my friend, <laughs> like they say, like they say, where I come from, God is not a God of kalu kalu. He's not a. He's not. God is not a. Sorry, excuse me for using this language. He's, God is not. He's not a. What was this thing they do in uh, in Vegas? Uh, thank you. He's not God. What's what's that? Um, um, gambling. No, God doesn't gamble. It's like. I tried this one, I tried three times, the law of probabilities, one of them should, it's not, it doesn't work, it's a lifestyle, someone says a lifestyle, someone says a lifestyle, I can't pick up a child from the street and take that child home and say let's just pretend for one week you are my child, it doesn't work, he is either your child or he's not. You can't just go into the hospital and pick up a baby and say, let's just pretend for two weeks this is my baby. It doesn't work. Is either your baby or it's not. And if it's not your baby, I don't care how much you hold that baby for two weeks. I don't care how much you try to nurture. I don't care what. One day, one day, the owner of the baby is coming to get that baby back. This is not the way it works. Hallelujah. We can't, life is not make-believe. Let's just try. God is not into trial and error. It's a lifestyle. It's a lifestyle. And that lifestyle requires commitment. And the way supernatural things happen, where you put it is not where you get it. It's all from the kingdom, but where you put it. Like, you can do a, an act of kindness to a child or an older person and help them and love them and do something to take care of them. And you can walk away and forget about it. And six months down the road, somebody that you have never met in your life can do something that changes your life. And people say, but how did that happen? How did this happen? It happened because... That is, is the kingdom. It's not, this is not natural. We are not, it's not by eyes of faith. Yes. Eyes of natural. Yes. Like, if I give you something today, I give to you, therefore, you know, one year from today, you better give me back. That's not the kingdom of God. That's not the kingdom. People are so limited. 
No human being has the ability to reproduce this, the, the harvest that God has for your seed. They don't have it. They don't have it. The harvest that God has for your life, like, you know, everything you put into life, is not where you put it that it comes out. It's not where you put it that it comes out. Somewhere where you've even forgotten, it's going to come out. And then you are going to go, oh, why? How did that? And, and the Lord may remind you and say, do you remember that thing you did 15 months ago? Oh, that? And the Lord said, yeah, that. That. This is not wasted, folks. This is, you know, your serving God is not wasted. Protection, preservation of life, all these things that come with the covenant, they are available because you believe it. You are committed to doing it. And so in many ways, God shows up in your life. In many ways, God shows up in your life. Oh, hallelujah. Help me preach this. right. <laughs> oh, hallelujah. Mm, hallelujah. Listen to this. We all see exactly the same set of facts. All of us see the same numbers. All of us. We, seem, we see the same weather forecast. All of us see the same things. All of us. In the natural, the numbers, the facts, everything is the same. All of us see the same. You know what makes the difference between those who scale the walls of life and those who are trapped in the valleys? Is how they see it with their eyes of faith. And how they relate with it through their lifestyle of faith. That's what makes the difference. I want you to look at this story right here. So Moses sent out the spies. Go and spy out the land. And bring me evidences and tell me what it looks like. (laughs) And he sent out 12 people. 12 of them were leaders of the tribes. I want you to notice now. These 12 leaders of the tribes. There were 12 leaders. But they were not 12 leaders who were diligent in faith. There were 12 leaders who went to the same church. There were 12 leaders who listened to the same messages. No, seriously, it's true. It is the absolute truth. There were 12 leaders who read the same Bible. But really, when it got down to it, there were two of these leaders that lived a daily life of faith. And that daily life of faith determined how they responded to what they saw. And there were these other 10 leaders, were 10 leaders, leaders by name, but who just lived under this cloud of religion. And the facts overwhelmed them. The facts confounded them. The facts defeated them. My friends, we can't... The devil is too smart. You can't deceive him. There are three people who know your status in life. God, the angels, the devil. You you can't... You can't make believe... What does not exist? You can talk, and, and, and I notice, the faster people talk sometimes, the more they are really trying to cover up for their lack of substance, many times. Many times. You can't make believe. God, 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 oh God, 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 God. It's not how many times you call God. No, it's not. When, oh, Holy Spirit, let me say this right. When, um, when the disciples were confronted by a storm and they thought their boat would be destroyed. And the Bible tells us all the people decided to throw in all the water. They were all just, they were going, get more, get, get. We, oh, you have only three buckets, we need 12 more. Get 12, 12, 12. There's, it's a lot of activity, a lot of, and the boat was still being destroyed. Finally, they got a revelation. We are going to die. We are going to die. Somebody look for Jesus. Where is Jesus? We need, we need help. Where is Jesus? Then they went and looked for him. What was Jesus doing? 
Why was he sleeping? Why was Jesus sleeping in the midst of the storm? And then when he got up and he saw the storm, how many words did he speak? How many are, how many others? Did he write a book? Did he write volumes of books by the things he said? In the name of Jesus and the spirit of Goma and the spirit of storm. In the name of Jesus and the devils who are responsible. And, 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 and Peter's mother-in-law. And James. <laughs> did Jesus say this? Did Jesus say this? What did Jesus say? Three words. Three the authority is in the vessel. Your authority is not in the volume. It's not in the volume. The authority is in the vessel. He got up from, think about it. He did not even have time to think. He didn't have time to pray. He didn't have time to analyze the situation. They woke him up. We're about to die, Jesus. What do we do? He just got up and said, ah, peace be still. He came right out. For him, faith was not an event. Faith was a lifestyle. That is how he lived. Even when he went to sleep, that's how he lived. So when you woke him up, he didn't have to try to make anything, make believe. No. Hallelujah. Learn to catch yourself. As you keep going, you find yourself, you are staggering in your walk of faith. You know you are neck deep in the flesh. You know you are opening up yourself to walk to sight, to the things you are hearing, the things that are bothering you, the pressures of life. Don't encourage that. Don't make excuses and say, well, I sing in the choir. That means nothing. It means nothing. The authorities in the vessel... Adjust, learn to make adjustments and learn to walk a lifestyle of faith. Let's try to do this and close. Take communion real quick. Listen to this now. So he sent them out and look at verse 26 and Numbers 13. And they went and they came to Moses and to Aaron and to all the congregation of the children of Israel unto the wilderness of Paran to Kadesh and they brought back word to them. And to all the congregation. And what did they show them? The fruit of the land. Somebody said they showed them what? The fruit of the land. Somebody said, what did they show them? The fruit of the land. Everybody saw the fruit of the land. Everybody saw the fruit. Everybody saw the fruit of the land. There was no doubt there was fruit in the land. Verse 27. And they told him. And they said, we came into the land where you sent us. And surely it flows with milk and honey. And this is the fruit of it. Everybody agreed there was fruit in the land. Verse 28. Watch this. Nevertheless, the people be strong that dwell in the land. And the cities are walled and very great. And moreover, we saw the children of Anak there. Listen. Everybody is, they are still expressing the same things everybody saw. The people are strong. The cities are walled and very great. The children of Anak are there. Okay. Those are the facts. Verse 29. The Amalekites dwell in the land of the south. Okay, that's a fact. It's true. And the Hittites and the Jebusites and the Amorites dwell in the mountains. And the Canaanites dwell by the sea and by the coast of Jordan. Okay, that's true. Facts. My question is though, as you see all these facts, what is registering within you? What is registering? Because for 10 of these leaders, as they saw these facts, what was registering within them was this is too much. We can't do this. This is too big. Now listen though. They saw the fruit. They also saw the fruit. The fruit was evidence that God's promise is true. Oh, help me, Holy Spirit. The fruit is evidence 
My friends, every day, God is showing you evidences. It's true. It's not a lie. The fruits are there. The fruits are there. Everybody can see it. Don't deceive yourself and, and, and refuse to believe what you see. The fruits are there. You can see the fruits. The question is, what do you do with what you see? They saw the fruits, but the reality of the negativity was so overwhelming to them. Was so overwhelming to them. So much fear, so much fear arose within them. And you know how you do it? You go, you try to analyze it. Okay, what if I do, if we do this, then maybe we can, then, then you find out, well, even if you do this, it's still too big. You can't get over it. Then you go, well, maybe somebody can help us do this over here. But if you do that too, it's still too difficult. There's just no way to get here. This is where, in the natural, there's just no way to get here. This is where God's people of faith, Stand out different. Because God's people of faith. In impossible situations. They see possibilities. I don't know how. But the word of God is enough. And I believe the word of God. I don't know how. I don't know how. I've looked everywhere. I've looked at all the numbers. I've looked at all the evidences. I don't know how do we make it work. How do we come out? I don't see it. I don't know how. But the word, the word of God is enough. We heard the word. Now, now I want you to see this. I want, I'm, I'm almost closing here. I want you to see what happened here. You have two sets of eyes. You have natural eyes. And you have eyes of faith. With your natural eyes, you always see the facts. You always see the facts. With your eyes of faith, you always see the truth. There's a difference. With your natural eyes, you always see the facts. With your spiritual eyes, you always see the truth. What is the truth? The truth is the word of God. The Bible says, let God be true and every man a liar. The fact that a fact exists that is contrary to what God said, does not mean God will give up his truth for your fact. Let God be true. I don't know about you, but I've made up my mind. I believe the word of God. I love what that psalmist said in Psalm 27 verse 13. He said, I had fainted. Hallelujah. I had fainted unless I had believed to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. What did he mean by that? I had fainted. The things that I had experienced, the facts were overwhelming. What was going on was overwhelming. There's, there's just, forget this, it's too bad, it's too negative. I would have fainted if I got my natural eyes to determine the regulation of my life. But I made up my mind that I will believe God. I believe God that I will see. Watch this, folks. This is the lifestyle of faith. This is the lifestyle of faith. The lifestyle of faith is to see a little boy with crooked legs. And you know all the medical details around it. To see a little boy with crooked legs. And every day, 
some is a bull, some is whatever. They, and every day the devil says to you, this boy will never be a normal boy. This child will never live a normal life. But you say, I believe that I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Every time the little children are all running, you see that one little boy. He's running, but he's like the legs are just as like. And you see images on TV and you, and the devil says he will never live a normal life. But you say, I believe God that I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. That boy who came home one day and the teacher had said, what was that condition again? What was the condition this, 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 please call it for me so I don't murder it on. Huh? Dyslexia. This boy can, you know, he's writing backward. Writing backward. Write letters backward. And you look at it, it's almost like the eyes are looking from a different place. It's not normal. There's something wrong. There's something wrong with this child. But the lifestyle of faith. So I believe that I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. That boy, all sorts of intolerances. Lactose intolerance. Asthma. He knew he, knew he could treat himself. He could tell you how to get the right dose, where the asthma, the breathing machine was in the closet. He knew every, he would tell you. <laughs> when his grandma came and visited one time, we had to travel. He was telling his grandma everything. And when the grandma, I think, was maybe doing it a little different, he said, no, this is the way it's supposed to be. I mean, he lived that. This was supposed to be a, the life, the story of that boy. He doesn't have any of those things today. He he does not have any of those things today. He just graduated with honors. Top of his class. Within a couple of weeks, just got the best job. He best job with the kind of benefit. They don't benefits. I sat down and read that offer letter. I said, forward it to us. Read that, I sat down on a staircase reading this offer letter and I was shaking my head. I was truly amazed at how ridiculous the offer letter and the benefits included promising that they would, they know, because they know he has a, a, a medical career, he wants to go to med, that they would actually help him when that time comes. Provide resources, right? Come on. Listen, faith is not an event. Faith is a lifestyle. You live it every day. And while you see the bow, the bow legs, and you see the child running with all the other normal children, and the devil whispers in your ears, there's no future for him. You stand on the word of God. You say, I believe God that I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. They saw the same facts, but what they saw and how they interpreted what they saw determined how they responded. The Bible says right here in, um, in verse, what verse is this? 30. Caleb, steal the people of Still be the people before Moses and said, come on, watch this. Listen to what he said. Let us go up at once. Listen to three things, Caleb. Let us go up at once. Let's not even waste time. Notice he saw the same strong giants. He saw the same walls. He saw the same Amalekites, Hittites, Jebusites, Amorites. He saw more heights than anybody else saw. But what did he say? Let us go up at once. It did not happen when he got there, when he saw them. No. It did not happen when he saw them. 
the lifestyle of faith, what was inside him came out. When he saw the giant, what was inside him came out. He saw the giant. He said, giant, you are bread for us. Giant, who are you? You are bread. Giant, you are bread. We're not joking. Giant, you are bread. We will eat you for breakfast. This is how Caleb thought about it. All the other spies, when they saw the giant, they said, oh, we are like grasshoppers. Where did they come? How did they make the analysis? Did they measure the grasshoppers and measure the giants and see the inverse relationship between the dimensions of... <laughs> Those of you who are in science, how did this happen? How did they know we are like grasshoppers before them? But Caleb said, let us go up at once and do what? Possess it for what? We are well able... We are well able. We are well able. Hallelujah. He said, if the Lord delight in us, what verse is that? If the Lord delight in us, there will be bread for us. What verse is this? Chapter 14, verse 8. If the Lord delight in us, then he will bring us into this land and he will give it to us. A land that flows with milk and honey. If the Lord delight in us. They are bread for us. What verse is this? They are bread. Where is it? We will eat them. Where is it? What verse is this? Verse 8. Is it verse 8? What verse is this? They are bread for us. Verse 9. Thank you. Help. Thank you for helping me read this so we can close quickly. Hallelujah. It says, only rebel ye not against the Lord, neither fear ye the people of the land, for they are bread for us. Oh Lord. Hallelujah. Oh hallelujah. They are bread for us. My friends, the lifestyle of faith. That's all I came to talk to you about. The lifestyle, daily walk of faith. Daily walk of faith. Faith is not an event. It's not a grandiose event that you prepare, you try to get yourself muzzled up for. No, faith is a daily walk. It's a daily walk. What you say when you get to that parking lot, when you get in your car, what you say when you face your first challenge on Monday morning, how you relate with it, why you deal with it, the words that come out of your mouth, what you see with your eyes of faith and your natural eyes, how you interpret the situations of life, what liberties you give yourself, how you go back to the word. Maybe something was not very clear. Maybe you are not very sure. Maybe you are just feeling a little, uh, a little overwhelmed by life. And how you go back and you look for the promise. I say, Lord, I thank you for your promise. I stand on your promise. I stand on your promise. And sometimes when it looks like six months, the promise hasn't come to pass. Sometimes it looks like six years you haven't seen the promise. Glory to God. That man, Caleb, who said they are bread for us. Listen to me. It took 40 years. It took 40 years before he actually ate the giant for breakfast. He said it 40 years ago. He said they are bread for us. But let me tell you something. Every single day of the 40 years, before the 40 years elapsed, he never went back one time. He never changed his confession one time. He never said what the unbelieving doubters were saying. He kept on saying, they are bread for us. They are bread for us. Ha <laughs> ha. They are bread for us. 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 My friends, and one day, the day came. The day came. Hallelujah. The day came and there were bread for them. There were bread for them. They ate them for breakfast. Watch this. It wasn't only them. It wasn't only them. Generations after them. Generations after them. Let me tell you, the faith life you live today will affect generations coming after you. When you defeat a mountain, when you defeat a giant, that giant is already defeatable. It goes down in history. Your children won't have to face that giant like he is undefeatable. Because they know we beat the giants once. If we beat the giant once, we can beat the giant again. Shout hallelujah, somebody. Shout hallelujah. Stand to your feet. Say, I believe God. I believe God. 
every day I believe God. Every single day I believe God. I'm not moved by what I see. I'm not moved by what I hear. I'm not moved by what I feel. I cannot be intimidated by any noise that the world makes. I cannot be intimidated or threatened by any noise that the elements of this world make. I believe God. Our God is well able. Our God is bigger than every mountain. Our God is stronger than any giant. Hallelujah. I believe God. I believe God that it shall be even as it was told me. Go ahead. Take a minute. Go ahead and open your eyes of faith. Say, Lord, open. Lord, open my eyes of faith. Anoint my eyes with eyes salve so I can see what you see. I can see the miracles ahead in my destiny. I can see the possibilities lying ahead in my journey. I can see what you have prepared. I can see what you have fashioned. Lord, open my eyes. Help me see what I can't see through my natural eyes. Help me behold what you behold. Help me know what you understand in the name of Jesus. And begin to speak over your life. Speak over your future. Speak over your destiny. Speak over your dreams in the name of Jesus. I believe God. God, God is not a man that he should lie. He told me everything is going to be good. Everything is going to be all right. He told me he would make a way where there was no way. He told me he would create lands in the wilderness. He told me the famine will be over. He told me the heavens will be open. He told me the rivers will flow again. He told, that's what I believe. I believe what he told me. I believe what God said. I believe what God said. I believe what God said. Your destiny is at stake, my friends. Your future is at stake, my friends. The authority is in the vessel. The authority is in the vessel. You cannot give what you don't have. You cannot give what you don't have. The authority is in the vessel. The authority is in the vessel. I want to say it clear. I want to say it clear. I want everyone to listen to this. And I want you to hear me clearly. I want all the elements to hear this. I want you to listen to this. When you get to a point in your life. And when you've been walking the walk of faith every day believing for the impossible rising up every day setting your eyes and your confidence on the promises of the master when you've lived for a while and you get to a point and you feel you've seen the best you've seen what you've seen the greatest that's possible The Lord will arise and say, Daughter, son, 
You haven't even seen anything yet. I want you to hear me very clearly. You have a choice. You can live an average, ordinary life. Or you can live an extraordinary life. You can live an extraordinary life that God can set up. Hallelujah. On the corridors of heaven and set up as another one of the crowd of witnesses. The choice is really yours. The decision you make today to sell out completely to a life of godliness and faith will serve you well in your future. My friends, listen to me. The Bible says, eyes have not seen. Ears have not heard. And it has not yet entered into the heart of man. The things that God has prepared for them that love him. Oh, my friends. God has prepared some great things for you. Oh, gosh. It's too big for the mind to conceive of it. You can't imagine it. It's too big. But you have a choice to make. If you are going to experience the best of God in your life, you have to take this word today. Every day, every moment of every day, you have to make a decision, a determination to walk by faith. Faith is not a grandiose event. It's not something you need when you need a miracle. It's not something you do when you want a mountain to move. No! Faith is a daily walk. How you get up every morning and you talk to your father. How you let him know you trust him completely for your life. When the giants show up. How you look at the giants but you look at the word and say they are bread for us. They are bread for us. We are well able. We are well able to overcome. We are well able to overcome. How you get into the word. How you pray. How you have a heart to heart intimate contact with your father. How you are led by the Holy Spirit through that day. How you listen. How you are not, you, are, you don't get too caught up in life. Yes, enjoy life, but don't get too caught off in the distractions of life to where you can hear God. Because the inheritance He has for you, the great future He has for you, He's all wrapped up in his word. And that word, he speaks to you through his logos. But sometimes he speaks through you through the voice of the Holy Spirit. Sometimes you are not thinking about it. But the Lord will say to you, go and do that. It may not be something you need for another five years. But because you obeyed, you obeyed the voice of the Holy Spirit. Five years later. Here is the inheritance that was prepared for you. That inheritance wasn't prepared yesterday. It was prepared five years ago, 10 years ago, 15 years ago. But as you commit to following the Lord and walking by faith and, and obeying these instructions that God gives on a daily basis, the inheritance that is awaiting five years later becomes a reality in your life. It's really your choice. What is the alternative to that? The alternative to that is you do everything you know by your own ability. And keep doing what you know in the flesh. Walking with your natural eyes. Walking outside of the life of faith. And five years from today, you are still right there in the same place where you have always been. There is no testimony there's no miracle. Yes, you may have changed geographical location. Yes, you may have changed jobs. <laughs> yes, you may even have changed marriages. 
Heck yes, you may even have changed some of the most fundamental um, 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 investments of your life. Yes, you may have changed everything. But five years from today, ten years from today, you are right back where you always were. It's really your choice. If you want that inheritance, that great future that God has prepared for you, it's time. It's time to commit every day to a life of faith. Young people, hear me. I love young people. I love children. Children, hear me. Every child, everyone here under the age of 18, hear me. God is raising you up to be signs and wonders in this generation. You are the next David. You are the next Daniel. You are the next Ruth. You are the next Esther. God is raising you up to challenge the fundamentals of this world through what he will do in your life. Every day, every day, everything you've heard in this message today, practice it. You are not too young. You are not too young. Practice it. Hear it again and again and again. If you don't understand, ask daddy, ask mommy. Mommy, can you explain this to me? I don't understand it. They will explain it to you. Don't go with the don't go with the crowd in the world. That crowd, they don't know where they're going. They are lost. They are blind. They are not only blind spiritually, they are blind physically. You stay in the arena of the covenant. I'm speaking to children today. Stay in the arena of the covenant. Follow the word of God. Follow it. Follow it. Some of you will be the next great inventors. Some of you will be the next great scientists. Some of you will be the next great artists. Some of you will be the next great leaders of the world. Don't say, mommy, I just want to play a little bit. Daddy, I just, I just want to be a fool like the other children. No, you don't have to be. Have fun. Enjoy your life. But keep Jesus at the center. And God will bless you. God will bless you ridiculously. Somebody say amen. God bless the children. God bless the children. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord.